In this episode of the Euctropolis podcast, peace like an ukulele. Welcome back to the Euctropolis podcast. For more real ukulele answers to real ukulele questions, I'm your host, James Hill. And in this episode, I'm going to do something I've never done before, and that is dive into questions from the free course, Peace Like an Ukulele. This course is all about relaxing and just playing beautiful music. So sit back, relax, and let's get started. Peace Like an Ukulele. This is a course that I have been thinking about for years. It's something I've always wanted to do. And in the early days of the pandemic, I thought, this is the time to do it. If there was ever a time when we all just needed a course or a piece that was entirely focused on relaxation and calming your mind, well, this was the time for it. And so... I released this course, which is completely free to anyone to download anywhere. Print out the sheet music, watch the videos, download the backing tracks and play along. It's just completely free. So right off the bat, that is part of the relaxation of this course is that you don't have to pay anything. You don't have to worry about whether you can afford it. If you have access to the internet, then you have access to this piece and this course. The course is structured around the piece itself, and the piece is built on uh, five phrases. And so there are five video lessons, one for each phrase. And before we get any further into it, in case you haven't heard this piece of music already, I'm going to play a bit for you, and you'll hear the relaxing quality of it. So here goes Peace Like an Ukulele. As you can hear, it's very relaxing, very meditative, very peaceful. That's the whole idea. But it doesn't stop there. It's it's not just that it's peaceful, it's that it's surprisingly 
easy and fun to play. And that's another part of the sort of healing aspect of this piece of music. There's no barrier to entry for this one. You can do it. The right hand, although it sounds like a harp, it sounds like it might be finger picking or something like that. The right hand technique here is very simple and it never changes. I'm just drawing my right thumb across the strings one at a time. And with that technique and no more than that technique, you can play this piece. It's like listening to a babbling brook or a, or a little waterfall. Very relaxing, and that's the whole point. So I want to jump into some questions from students in this course. And uh, this course is a little bit different from the other courses on Euctropolis. It doesn't have the in-lesson Q&A option. So you can't just leave a question right inside a lesson and have me or someone else uh, answer your question. But we have had students reach out by email, and that's uh, where I'm getting these questions from today. So let's just jump right in here. Uh, This one is from Tom, and he says, Thanks for the course. I had knee replacement surgery a week ago. I thought it would be a good opportunity to learn more ukulele. The first week has been a little rough, so I'm just going slow and listening to the lessons. And I'm going to get back to them uh, after I feel better. So, Tom is just listening to the lessons. That's it. And he's learning. I wanted to start with this one because I think this is important. Tom is not even playing the piece. He is just listening. And he's absorbing it. And it's getting in there. It's going in the hopper. And by the time he is ready to try it, it will already be in his inner ear. Not only that, but he's enjoying the uh, the restfulness of the melody. So, uh, Tom, thank you for that, and I hope that inspires others to uh, give it a try if they haven't yet, and realize that, you know what, you don't even have to play it to enjoy this particular course. Let's turn now to a comment from Sylvia. She writes... Thank you very much. I'm enjoying this piece, and it's encouraging me to practice my picking. Regards, Sylvia. This is exactly right. You know what? I know that so often we get attached to either imagining ourselves as a strummer or as a picker. And you sort of identify with one camp or the other. You say, well, you know, I'm more of a strummer than a picker, or you know, pickers say, you know, I like to play melodies, but you know, I'll leave the strumming to other people because I'm a picker. It's funny how we get so quickly attached to what we can do, what we like to do. And a course like this just says, you know what, picking is for everyone, just like strumming is for everyone. In fact, the right-hand technique in this piece is the easiest right-hand technique ever. (laughs) That is, you just play each string once. You take your thumb, if you want, I play it with my thumb, and you draw the thumb across the strings 
just as if you were tuning the instrument. That is the full extent of the right hand technique required to play this tune. You might not think that when you first hear it because it sounds like finger picking or it sounds like um, a harp or something like that. And until you see the videos and you see that it is just that simple, until you see that it is on the same level as tuning your ukulele, then you might be a little intimidated. But of course, that's part of the point of this course is to show how much beautiful music you can make with just a very, very simple approach to the instrument. In fact, you know, I've never met an ukulele player who tunes their ukulele four strings at a time. I've never met anyone who tunes the ukulele like this. (laughs) It just doesn't happen to a person no matter how they identify themselves as a picker or a strummer, everyone plays one string at a time when they tune the instrument. And that really is all you need for this piece of music. Next up is a question from Tom. Tom says, Glad I found your website. I've been stumbling around the internet and have learned some chords and found some tabs for some songs, but I'm looking for more formal instruction, and I'm going to spend a little time with your piece, like an ukulele printouts, but first I'm wondering if I should go through Ready Steady Ukulele or Booster Uke, um, or should I jump right into the ukulele way? What do you think? Are there things in the first two courses that I'll not be able to pick up in the ukulele way course? So this is a question about you know the the way a person navigates the wide world of Euctropolis. And you know I admit you arrive at Euctropolis.com and it's like wow, where do I even start? This is Euctropolis. Remember is the the culmination of you know a couple of decades of music education. And so if you try to take it all in, in one gulp, you know, it's just too much. And that's why on the, on the first page of the website, we have a map and sort of a sequence that we recommend. And, and it says, start here, and then you follow this arrow. And it says, start here, you go to Ready Steady Ukulele. That's $1, by the way, that course. And then you move on to Booster Uke, and then you move on to the ukulele way. From there, on to ukulele jazz. From there, if you really want, on to ukulele X, which is for extreme ukulele players. Um, but, you know, that's a little bit oversimplifying. It, there, each of those courses is a unique journey unto itself, and each one of them can stand alone. So it uh, really depends, Tom, on what it is that you're interested in. And it sounds to me... Like uh, you mentioned further in your email, you said, I'm especially interested in getting into fingerstyle ukulele, where you're playing fingerstyle patterns and presumably getting the melody and the chords going at the same time. That kind of technique is more advanced. That's something that you don't get into in Ready Steady Ukulele. You don't get into that in Booster Uke, which is focused entirely on strumming and singing and playing these wonderful chord twins. 
it's not until midway through the ukulele way that we really start getting into finger picking. So it's not necessarily a linear thing. Um, Tom, I think you would really enjoy Booster Uke, but it sounds to me like your heart is in uh, the ukulele way. So although it seems like a linear progression through this um, sequence that we've outlined on the website, just remember each of those courses is a unique learning journey. And uh, you may want to jump right into the one that you're most interested in and find your way based on your passions and the things that really wake you up in the morning. Uh, Those are the things that are going to pull you through the days when you don't feel like practicing. So um, don't feel like this um, this is a prescription or this is dogmatic. You just go for the thing that you are most passionate about that's where you're going to find, I think, the, the most fun in the music. Also, Tom, don't forget, we have a thing called the Navigator inside the Ukulele Way that will help you to choose a path that aligns with your interests. And one of those paths focuses on melody and finger picking. So uh, even within the Ukulele Way, there are uh, lessons that uh, pertain more to those topics than others. And so the Navigator shows you how to cherry pick the lessons that are most likely to, to tick those boxes for you. So check out the Navigator once you sign up for the ukulele way. Thanks for the comment, Tom, and uh, good luck on your ukulele journey. I'm going to go now to a question from Jan, and this is a question I've had from others as well. Uh, Jan is an ukulele teacher, and she's using the ukulele in the classroom materials, which are also free, by the way. Uh, if you go to ukatropolis.com classroom, you can download three free uh, ebooks for use in the classroom, music literacy method that uh, is now free for everyone. And Jan says, I've been really impressed with my ukulele in the classroom level one students. We've done Peace Like an Ukulele over the last few weeks, and now we've covered all five phrases. Way to go, guys. Um, She says, they've all remarked how lovely it is just to play a particular phrase as often as one likes at a reasonably slow speed before moving on to another phrase. Uh, Just let me interject there and, and say, if you're not familiar with Peace Like an Ukulele, that's how it's structured. You get to decide how many times you repeat a phrase before you move on to the next. There's no bouncing ball that you have to follow. You are allowed to progress through this piece at a pace that suits you. And that is just one more of the relaxing qualities that are built into this, uh, this composition. So uh, where were we? Oh, yes. Uh, Jan says, the students with a low G string, however, they struggle a bit with the note reading. Um, I've encouraged them to think about having two ukes, maybe a high G and a low G. But if you had time to do the musical notation for a low G stringed instrument, I know they would appreciate it. Okay. Well, Jan, this is a great question. And uh, it's one that I have addressed. And um, Jan knows this if she's listening, because I've I sent her the the piece 
uh, in low G tuning. But for those of you who aren't um, familiar with this dichotomy within the ukulele world, it's like kind of the Mac versus PC debate in the computer world. And that is, how do we tune the, the fourth string? That's the one closest to your face as you're playing. Piece like an ukulele is intended for an ukulele with the high fourth string. Hear that one? My dog has fleas. Right? The, the word my. My can be high or can be low. My dog has fleas. Okay? So that fourth string is a little bit of a controversy in the ukulele world. And I have uh, another ukulele here in front of me. I can just pick it up here. Yep, put that one down without bonking it too much. I just put this fourth string on this morning, so it's going to be a little bit wonky for a start. Now here you have the low fourth string tuning. My dog has fleas. And yes, you have to take that fourth string, take it off, replace it with a thicker string, and tune it down an octave. And I've used, here I've got the package right in front of me, uh, I've used a Pro Arte classical guitar string by Didario. It's a, a classical guitar G, and it's uh, 0.0416 inches in diameter. So we'd call that like a 41 gauge. Uh, this is extra hard tension. It is a clear nylon string. It's, a not, it's not a wound string. Uh, and I recommend the clear nylon for the concert and tenor-sized ukuleles. If you have a soprano and want to do a low G, that's really pushing the limits. I, I know that the, the great Ota-san, uh, famous ukulele player and uh, teacher, he does still use a soprano with a low G, but it is wound and, well, you know, he has superpowers. So uh, I would recommend this low G on concert and tenor sizes if you're going to try it out. And I encourage teachers in particular uh, in classrooms or where they're really focusing on music literacy as the outcome of ukulele lessons. The low G is beautiful in those cases because it really clarifies the structure of scales and chords. It also allows students to play in parts earlier on, where you've got some students playing bass lines because they've got that low string and others playing melodies over top. I'm trying to do that all in one uke just to give you the idea, but the point is I can do all of that without leaving the first four frets because I have that low, that low fourth string, and it gives me just more options. So in, in situations where music literacy is really your focus, and you're trying to teach students how to read music and understand music, and of course enjoy music on that level, then I think the low fourth string is a great option. And so many players now around the world, and especially in Hawaii, interestingly enough, where the low G tuning is very popular, many players have this thicker string that they tune down the octave. And so the question is, how do you play um, something like piece like an ukulele where you don't have that high fourth string? Well, the reality is you can still play that note, G, you just have to fret it with a 
uh, a third finger on the second string. And you can get all the same notes. Now it doesn't sound quite as flowing and smooth, and you have to work a little harder, so maybe it's not as relaxing. <laughs> but the point is, you can still play this piece with a low G string. And I've, I've sent this out to Jan and other people who have asked for it, but I've also now included it in the Piece Like an Ukulele course, um, which again is free if you're just tuning in. It's a free course. Uh, so you'll see it now if you scroll to the bottom of your course materials page. It's there um, included in the course. So yeah, you've got it there at your fingertips. A more advanced way to um, adapt this uh, piece like an ukulele for the low G is to use a harmonic on that first note. A harmonic is when you gently touch the string at the 12th fret. There are other places to get harmonics, but the 12th fret is, uh, is the easiest. You touch the string lightly right above the fret wire, not above the space where you would normally put your finger, but above the fret wire. And you get this lovely chiming bell-like quality. And so what happens is that the note just um, sounds an octave higher than the open string. And in the case of uh, low G, this is kind of cool because it gives us the sound of the high G. <laughs> and so if you can manage it, and this is a challenge, if you can manage always going up to that harmonic for the high G note at the beginning of each phrase, and those of you who are listening closely notice I also used the high C harmonic in place of that last note. So you can really take a deep dive into this and find alternate ways of playing it, especially on the low fourth string ukulele. The point though is at the end of the day, that kind of thing pulls you out of the meditative quality of this piece, I think. Because now I have to look down, I have to open my eyes, I have to practice and practice and practice until I get it right, you know, um, and it takes away some of the, the carefree uh, healing aspect of it and puts it more in the analytical part of my brain, which is, you know, kind of what I was trying to get away from. So I'll leave that with you and you can take this wherever you want it to go. If you want to stay in that sort of beta wave state of just letting the sound fall out of the instrument, then that's your prerogative completely. And if you want to take this further and try alternate ways of playing it and really go with a, a, a deeper dive into the music, that is also your prerogative. And that's why a piece like this is so much fun because it's open-ended and you get to choose your own adventure.
I'll just say one more thing here before we wrap it up for today. And that is a question I've had from a number of students. And that is, how do I get the notes to really come out cleanly without being accidentally muted? Because for those of you who know the piece, it starts with a very simple C chord. And, you know, everybody's happy. They're like, ah, oh, great. I can do that one. That's super easy. I'm in the front door. Great. But then, right after that, comes this lovely sequence, which is kind of the meat and potatoes of the tune because that is the unique aspect of this melody. If I was to just play... Well, that's not really enough of a identifier. You know, like that's not anything that you would flag and say, oh yeah, this is piece like an ukulele. It just plays a C chord over and over. It's not until you hear this that you're like, oh yes, now I remember what song this is. And that little moment there is brought to you by the fact that if you put your ring finger on the fifth fret of the C string and you keep your first finger on the the C chord note, which is C on the A string, I've got these four notes lined up and I just have to cascade across the strings. Even though it sounds like I'm playing a linear melody, it comes out because of the tuning of the ukulele and because of the position of my hand. And that waterfall of notes is is one of the fun musical aspects of this piece. However, for a lot of people, it at least initially sounds more like this. Did you hear it? <laughs> that little, the, the note that just won't come out. <laughs> it's hard to get all of these notes to ring clearly. And so I get a lot of questions about this um, from students because it may be the most um, technically challenging part of this composition. And, you know, most people ask, is there a trick to this? Is there a, a workaround or, or some something that I'm missing? And really the answer, I'm sorry to say, is no, there's not really a trick to it. The only strategy that I can offer is you need to get right up on the tips of your fingers so that the fleshy part of one finger isn't accidentally touching the adjacent string. You have to think of a ballerina on point, you know, in those point shoes. That's how your fingers have to be on the strings. And oftentimes with other melodies, you can get away with being a little more flat-footed so that, you know, if if your finger accidentally touches the neighboring string, it's not really a big deal. But in this style, in this harp-like style, which we sometimes call the campanella style, it's Italian for bells, um, if you want to get this bell-like quality, then you have to get right up on the tips of your fingers so that they don't accidentally elbow <laughs> the string next to them. And... I, I don't know about you, but I find that practicing this is itself kind of a meditation. I'm just going to practice it over and over until I 
maybe I don't get it, but I accept that, hey, I'm gonna. And, you know, getting closer to playing this right is a kind of mindfulness exercise. And then, ah, at some point, it's gonna click. And the patience it takes to get it to sound right, and the reward that you get, the prize of it sounding beautiful, that whole journey is is really a, a mindfulness exercise. I, I'm not a, a yogi or a, a meditation, um, you know, guide or anything like that. I, I don't I don't know about those things. That's not my wheelhouse. But I get I think I get into kind of that state when I'm practicing these things. I just keep at it and I lose myself in the task. I get into my flow. You know, people say you get into your flow and and you don't even realize that it's been 10 minutes and then it's been 30 minutes. And then before you know, it's been an hour and you haven't even looked up. You, You can close your eyes when you do this and lose yourself in the task. And the challenge is not to judge yourself when you don't get it quite right. Just accept that. Try something new. Every time, getting a little closer. And finally, making it happen. This is part of the healing aspect of Peace Like an Ukulele. So I hope that helps. And I hope if you haven't yet tried out this course, that you'll go there right now and give it a whirl. It is completely free. You can get to it at uktropolis.com slash peace, or you can just type in ukulelepeace.com. Either one of those is going to get you to this free course, and I hope it uh, brings you some peace and relaxation, and I hope it deepens your connection to the ukulele. Thanks for joining me for this unique and hopefully relaxing episode of the Uctropolis podcast. I'm so relaxed I can hardly remember the name of the podcast. My name is James Hill, and I'll be back again next week with um, more ukulele answers to ukulele questions. In the meantime, check out other unique online ukulele courses at uktropolis.com. Take care, be well, and until next week, keep on strumming. <laughs>